Hello and welcome back to the Latecomers. I'm Amity. I'm Lemuel. And this week, we're hunting men. Well, sort of. Men are hunting us? No, that's Hallelujah. definitely not true. He's hunting men. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> no. We watched the original movie, The Most Dangerous Game, right. made in 1932. Pre-code, it says. And uh, maybe that's why they get away with heads being shown on Yes, severed screen. heads. There's a couple of them. It's like, you can have severed heads, but you can't show a married couple with one bed? What the fuck? It was <laughs> a different time. Though. It was before a... couples slept in the same bed. It clocked in, 63 minutes, including credit. No, it was not. It was 70, or 69 minutes with, like, the whole file was 69 okay. minutes. But, yeah, 63 minutes of... You know, being hunted, maybe, sort of. It's probably like 29 minutes of being hunted. Like the front, it's weird because uh-huh. it's a very short period of time. So you don't feel like there's all this time before the hunt starts. Right. But it is probably 25, 30. Well, no, because there's a there's a first, a second, and a third act. That's fair. Really. Fair enough, yeah. And the first act um, starts in a boat. Big boat. It's a <clears> yacht. <throat> it has to be a yacht because it has... That boat had higher... Ce- like, the room they're all talking in right. had higher ceilings than our apartment, which I think are 10. This thing was massive. Oh, yeah. I was like, that's clearly not a boat. <laughs> but okay. It's supposed to be a yacht. And I guess it is. It's and a luxury yacht. There day. are witch men about. And uh, then they have, what is Bob? Bob's like the help. Or are they going hunting? Was that sort of yes. the vibe there? So did you okay. want to, should we start with the film? Yeah, or should, yeah. Okay. Because it's very short and very kind of like punchy, I think. It works really well. It starts on a yacht. And there's a, there's a, a hunter named Rainford. He's hunted animals all over the world. Bob Rainford. And he is being taken to his next hunting destination. Okay. And, and the witchy witches, he's not like a guide for them? Not really. They're okay. hunters too, but they're completely inadequate compared to him. Right. That's what I'm wondering. Like, you know how they have those terrible tours now of like, you're rich and a hunter, I use in quotes, mm-hmm. and they basically wound an animal to make it easy to kill so you can get it trophy. Yeah, that doesn't seem to be the case okay. for him. He seems to be <laughs> I very... I feel like this is too, or before that right. grift got started. I don't know, maybe that's I mean, not the, the story, the original story is written in 1924. Okay, so um, this is a pretty quick adaptation yeah. then. And it was written by Richard Connell. It was in Collier's Magazine in 1924. And it's centered around big game hunting because big game hunting was a big deal in the 20s. Was it? Was this a Teddy Roosevelt's time? It was after him. It was him. slightly after. Slightly it was after. a decade after Teddy Roosevelt really finished hunting, I guess. But um, but I know he was like, he brought it sort of to the American right. big game hunting. Not I like, had a book written know, by the man who hunted all the animals that were subsequently put on exhibit at the American Museum of Natural History. All of them? Well, a bunch of them, I presume. Um, and he, he was writing sometime in the 40s or 50s, okay. I think. But it was very common for... Uh, big game hunting was considered a sport then. Right. Which right. is what it's considered here. It Yes. It's... I guess technically now, mm-hmm. it is also... A, like, it... Right. That is... It's not... Well, remember, this was a different time because bullfighting was also right. considered a well, sport. Well, that is still in some places. Yeah, no, but what I meant was, yeah, big game hunting versus the type of hunting every early civilization was doing to get food. To get food or to stop uh, from being hunted themselves. Fair enough, yeah. Um, yeah, so Bob, Bob, he's the, he's the man that's not in a suit on the boat. <laughs> that's basically how he is distinguished. So tell us what's next. So what happens is that he's discussing with his friends um, the excitement of the hunt and why he does it. He's also discussing with a captain who is a fairly even-minded man, but kind of superstitious about these waters. Right. Because he believes that these waters are dangerous and that ships wreck here all the time. Yeah. Um, But they put an inordinate amount of faith in the uh, markers. Right. Boys with lights that tell you 
where the safe passage yeah. is through these reefs around the island. Which seems strange. I mean, I guess they're tethered with a very short tether, because I'm just like, wouldn't they, like, move? Like with they the, would move if they were just independent, but they're chained. They, I will no, I know they're chained, right. but I I guess there's the shortest possible leash. Mm-hmm. I just feel like they yeah they would you know, there's otherwise. some there's some give to them probably depending on tide height. Anyway, I just thought that's not the best <laughs> way to tell how, where a thing is. Of course, after asking what could possibly happen, like the moment it's someone says that right it then, leaves yeah. their mouths, then the ship runs aground. And the cold water from the sea hits the boilers. That's right. And, and there's that a big kablooey Explosion. <laughs> it's such an explosion. And then everyone uh, is in the water, and immediately everyone else is eaten by sharks. Yes. it's Yeah, we talked about... <laughs> in Jaws, we talked right. about that a shipwreck, and this was that in miniature. Right. It's very... Uh, there are two guys left, and then, and then there is one. <laughs> I, I uh, always thought that it's kind of funny that, um, and again, this is 1932, right? That one of the uh, sailors, the minute the shark gets a hold of his leg, just says, he got me, and then goes under. That <laughs> was like, oh, so well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, yeah, the he got me, like, made me laugh out loud. Yeah, right. I was like, oh, this shit, is... they really said that in these movies, because it is... feels right. like a cartoon. Yeah, that, that, that is something that they would parody a lot in cartoons, but yeah, you got me, he got me, and then he It's like if I under. ever see anybody actually go, uh, yeah, see, yeah, well, <laughs> I, mean, I credit, know it's a thing, and if I ever see it in real life, I'm going to lose my shit. To their credit, these are actual live sharks. I, they did look, yeah, they, they weren't were, anywhere near an actor. Right, no, no, these were sharks that were in a tank it's, somewhere. Yeah, a tank. A very well-lit tank, yeah. considering this wreck is supposed to happen at night. Yeah. But, but it was the, cool to see yes, them. I was like, clearly actual I sharks. I had people in the theaters mm-hmm. would have been like, holy shit. <laughs> it's an actual shark. <laughs> because I can't, I gotta think that not a lot of people even knew Well, that's what a shark We talked about this when we did King like, Kong. Which is, in the 1930s, people didn't know what an actual gorilla looked That's like. That's the thing, yeah. And most of the people working on the film had never seen one, yeah. so... Not, not yeah. for lack of intelligence, just because right. that wasn't because available. The, that information the, wasn't uh, available. Yeah, transporting an actual live gorilla would have taken a great deal yeah. of time and effort. And it would have been in one place. Right. Like, it's not like you're flying into the exhibition. Yeah, so somewhere in the Midwest, there's a guy who's heard about a gorilla and had never seen one and right. seen drawings of them, which are exaggerating their ferocity and their right. size, I'm sure. And yeah. you know the poor gorilla is being hunted into extinction because people are terrified of it. But um, so there, there's a wreck and there's a, a boat that explodes and there, that and goes that's on in the first five minutes. Right, there, it goes on for a little bit. The exploding ship and people jumping overboard. But in yeah. the end, Rainsford is the only person alive. Yep, Bob. He, let's call him Bob. Bob. Bob swims, swims, <laughs> swims, swims ashore. And he gets to this... He, he gets up... It's very much like uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Mm-hmm. He's wet, and he just goes up to a, the only the house that he can find, and he... Does he knock, or does he just walk in? I believe he... Well, the, the, I feel like he knocks and The credits and then for the film were in. really creative. Every time... You see this knocker, which is a satyr, and... Um, yeah. A satyr uh, holding a woman. Right. Like, which is actually a painting inside of Kanzorov's house. It really is, like... Rocky Horror. Like. And, well, Rocky Horror, remember, borrowed a lot from this film and the old art I didn't know it was from this. Oh, it was an RKO film. Right. Okay. So it, it, it did borrow a lot it's from It's one of here. the double features. And King Kong as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, there's a knocker, and he knocks on the door. And when you watch the credits, someone's knocking on the door, and every time they knock on the door, this, uh, the credits scroll. Yeah. Uh, and you, that's why, how you find out that... Fay Ray's in this film. The door is answered. It, he does answer the door right. by. It's he looks like Andre the Giant, but he don't talk. Right, and he's trying to get an explanation from this this man Ivan, who is yeah. mute. We don't know. He doesn't know his name is Ivan yet. I want to say something about Bob real fast. Okay, let's talk about Bob's Bob. outfit. Is fantastic because he has. He was in like 
a little bit of a hunting outfit, right? Like, right. then he goes into the water, and then he comes out of the water, and his the artfulness of the of the tears and the holes on his clothes is spectacular. It's worthy of William Shatner. It's uh, just so finely detailed and neat. I'm just like, wow, look at that. For a second, I was like, his sleeves didn't even get messed up, and I was like, oh no, okay, there's a little bit, but it is like he has been disheveled in that perfect way of like an 80s you know heroine like just like oh i just woke up and you look as stunning as possible he's like i just dragged myself out of the ocean how are my abs good <laughs> it wasn't abs but he like also he's very um and this i'd seen westerns uh with joe mccray growing up mm-hmm. and he's a very interesting actor but this is like the longest and leanest and fittest I've ever seen him. Well, because he had to be right. artfully <laughs> exposed. He is as glamorized <laughs> as the leading lady in this film. Nearly. Nearly. Not mm, quite. It's really hard to get as um, high as uh, fancy as He also Ray. looks like a perfect, like Faye Ray, a perfect example of a type. Oh, yeah. The very 20s. Uh, Aryan. <laughs> but very very much like their caricatures that you see yeah. in advertising in the 20s that and 30s. that jawline. <clears throat> very long, Dead very long-limbed. Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So he knocks on the door, and he's met by this... Cassock. Uh, right. Turns out, named Ivan. Ivan? It's, it's not Ivan. Ivan. It is Ivan. We uh-huh. find out. So he's like, yeah, talk to me, talk to me. And the dude just, like, looks at him. And he's big. Like yeah. I said, he's like Andre the Giant, this shape and size. This is played by Noble Johnson. That's right. Who was the chief in King Kong. Because this film was made to use the resources of King Kong during the long post-production. Yeah, where they made an, a gorilla. Right. A gorilla and several dinosaurs. That was oh, a long right. post-production on that film. And so they took advantage of the same sets, even the same actors. Uh, three, four of the same actors appear in this film. Noble oh, right. Johnson was the chief of the tribe on Skull Island, and you may remember that he's African American. Oh yeah, he's, he's in, in white, white face, face for this, <laughs> which <Neat>. is kind <laughs> of unusual. Uh, but. Yeah, but he was there and the size right. that they wanted, and, and they he, didn't need him to talk. So. He also did a he did a really he does a really creepy smile in this movie. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's kind of unsettling. Like, oh, okay, don't smile so much. So we have this this mute man, and then his patron comes down. Count Zaroff. Count Zaroff. So we're this is all Frankenfurter all day. He has, I'm pretty sure that his beard and mustache are like, what's the word I want? Either painted or waxed to his face. They, it feels like it's been sort of enhanced. Right. By something along the lines of shoe polish. It's so dark and such straight lines, it's wild. Now, what I find interesting, what did you think of Leslie Banks, the actor who played uh, Kensoff? He was, you know what, weirdly, I was like, he was over the top, but I think actually he was like at a nine, <laughs> and I kind of would have liked him at an 11. Like, just like. If you're going to be a dude that literally hunts humans, I'm going to need you to be real crazy. He's interesting in that he he has this very, he's very urbane. He's wearing a, like a, like a he's dressed like for a dinner, right? Jacket. And he's holding a cigarette in possibly the most uh, kind of upper class, yeah. something <laughs> that I'd only seen later in war films where like the, the highest echelon Nazis right, are holding their cigarettes. And he's Russian, uh-huh. hence the cassock. Right. And then um, he also, you could, I wouldn't have uh, been surprised if he had said something along the lines of, I don't drink wine. Right. Like, it's that vibe. He very had a, much. Uh, he had a no, Dracula ass There is a, well, there are a set of reviews that you can find online. Uh, contemporary audiences didn't well. Some of them didn't care for the performances in the movie, which is surprising. But they all single out Leslie Banks as giving such a great dramatic performance. And to us nowadays, to audiences almost a hundred years later, he's kind of he's acting towards the final role oh, of theater. For sure, hundred percent. But honestly, I, I am I would have liked them ratcheted up uh-huh. just a little bit, just because of how like 
bonkers it turns out the character is. Right. But maybe you have to start a little lower to get to full bonkers. Um, yeah, I couldn't make out what accent he was trying for. Apparently, it was meant to be. I Russian. mean, it was meant to be Russian, but um, it was uh, accents. <laughs> it was... I'm in a sound not like myself. <laughs> it's basically <laughs> what it came down on. So, um, and Zaroff knows Bob. Mm-hmm. I've read your writing. He's turned rain sport. He is also I have a read hunter your books. because, of course, he is. <laughs> He says, oh, yeah, ships do end up crashing out there kind of a lot. And uh, I've, got, I've, got two, I know, I've got two other people here from a prior ship. Right? <laughs> I'm just like, wow. Uh, and those two people, of course, are Fay Ray and her brother. Who's played by Robert Armstrong. Who Weren't they lovers last time? No, no, last that? time that was no, her No, he was, that's right. He that's was, right. Um, the, he was the, the horrible film director the film who director, wants to... That's uh, right. Capture Kong and bring him back to the world. And in this movie, he is a drunk. <laughs> yes, he does not have a sober moment. He's not a one. Speaking in this very kind of high piping voice, and he's... with a slur that would knock you over. <laughs> right. Just like he sounds like he's speaking in italics. It's wild. And so they share. Is it two nights or just the one night? I feel like I it was two nights. It's two nights, I think. Yes, because he. There's a scene uh, after the first night where he just shows up and or Fay Ray shows up at his door right. first thing in the morning, and we're yeah. like, okay, well, I don't know what's going on here. Yeah, but. Um, yeah. So they have drinks one uh-huh. night, and once again, Zarf is asking him about hunting, and Martin is talking about at one point hunting, like he wants to go out hunting with him, and it's clear that a you are too drunk to hold a gun, and b you're bad. You're gonna be bad at it. <laughs> like it's not gonna be your jam. Uh, they have been there for what, like a little over a week. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe Zaroff says that he like has boats that take the shipwreck survivors <laughs> off of the island to whatever mainland is close. Uh, but they're what. They're broken or they're not there. Like, there's some. Now, he does have a boat that we see at the end of the film, but yes, he makes suggestions about it or he suggests it, but there's a. He has an excuse for why he why hasn't gotten off the island. Exactly. And why Bob can't get off the island. Right. The same thing. So, like, the second night, when Martin gets even drunker, mm-hmm. there is a. almost like a debate between Zaroff and Bob. Like, Zaroff is very much pushing. Like game, like nothing, <laughs> like nothing at all is uh, like satisfying to him anymore. Mm-hmm. And then he found game on this island that has brought him back to right. life. So what we should say, and there's some attempt at sympathizing with this character. Yeah, I went back and listened to the original story. Uh huh. There's a good reading by Edward French, who's a friend of mine on Facebook. Um where he talks about being struck by a uh, like a charging water buffalo. Yeah. And he was able to take it out, but it caused him a, a, an accident, this big scar across That's his face. That's right, yes. And Which so, he does have in the film as well. Yes, he's constantly sort of like fondling the top end of this scar, and we're meant to think that he's been injured and he's this been driven a, mad by This it. is a but traumatic brain injury There's also some, some suggestion that he is growing up. His father put a gun in his hands when he was a little boy. Right. He killed his first bear, grizzly bear, at 10 years old or something. So the thing is, he's been conditioned to do this. Yeah. And then he has this head injury, and that might have been what's causing him to be this person. Yeah. Uh, So we actually find out that the Martin and... Oh, what is Faye Ray's character? Eve. Martin and Eve Trowbridge uh, were not the only survivors from their shipwreck the other sailors that came with them have been going hunting with Zaroff and uh-huh. then not coming back and you know Zaroff's like oh they're still out on the hunt right. <laughs> which is wild just wandering around the island and it's not a, I came home but it's not a particularly large island Bob no, says at one point it it's, out, it's yeah. like a deer park that's yeah. how big it is yeah um, and so Eva's like don't just don't just right. don't mess with him she Tell knows something is up, up. And yep. she does visit him uh, on after their first night. Because, no, after this, was it the first night? Yeah, she after, does it both because right. she comes to him in the middle of the, like, middle of the night or morning. Mm-hmm. Like, Martin isn't 
he's gone. Right. We, I don't know where he went. He's he went drinking down with him. or he's unconscious or he's somewhere. Except he isn't. <laughs> well, the That's first the night, she's... he's unconscious. Right. And the second night, Zaroff is like, you know, he sends him off to bed. come down to the... Yeah. Come down to my trophy room he's and just... see what I'm doing. Yes, because yeah. he says that he brings them to the trophy room before he goes out right. to hunt with them. And yeah, Eve is like, I think they went to the trophy room. I'm worried about my brother or whatever. And so Bob and Eve go down to see what's what. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's a full-on horror. Because there is a lot of horror elements. There are yeah. a lot of horror elements in this film. When they go into this dark bowels of this castle holding a single candle. And then they see these horrible things. I'm thinking, well, yeah, this is very much like Dracula. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, there are there are heads yeah. There are heads in jars. There's a human head mounted. The first mounted, that's shocking right. thing, and it was actually part of the ad when you see the old wow. poster. Um, because again, pre-code, you could yeah, do lots no, of crazy true. things. There is a partially fleshed out human head mounted on the wall, like you would a human being. Yeah. Or like you would an animal, rather. Yeah. And then, I think the one that was more disturbing to me is the head that's clearly in some sort of preservative behind them. Yeah. It's just sort of floating yeah. around. It's Very, really... Uh, like the head in uh, yeah. Childs of the Lambs. Yeah. That kind of, that's very much that vibe. And then they're like, oh, they're trying like not to freak out, but they're definitely freaking out. And mm-hmm. he's like, this guy's a monster. And then, oops, the Zaroff and his cassocks come back and uh, they've got Martin's body. Right. And they can't get away. So Bob like calls him out. He's like, you're a monster. And Zaroff's like, bonk. <laughs> <laughs> Zaroff is it, but his his henchmen are, and uh, he's like, "You're gonna, uh, you're, gonna, I'm gonna hunt you." Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's got rules because he's not a monster; he's a civilized man. <laughs> so he gives you a whole day, twenty four hours, uh-huh. to get away, to run, to whatever, get hide, whatever you're gonna do, and. But he gives them, he gives him a knife, right? I believe so. He has a hunting knife, and 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 he, then he he says like he go he starts he starts out at midnight, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're still alive at sunrise, then you get to leave the island. Which, like, wh- why would you believe, why would you believe that? In the original story, <laughs> he gives them three days, so it just stretches out like to this interminable. And he's feeling. hunting them the whole right. time. He's Wolf. hunting, and it's it's just rains for there's uh the rain for there's no there's female no woman, character. Yeah. He obviously is there's something desperately wrong with this. Right, I will. Uh, we should uh-huh. say so. Um, Fairy's character Eve is um the only woman about mm-hmm. right, and they. Oh yeah, prior, we should mention that. Bob and Zaroff were having a conversation. Where I think he says something like it's better than sex. It wasn't that. Right. Bob was like, "Well, I don't know about that." And he's like, "Well, I find that only after I have killed am I, you know, right. <laughs> like, am I ready to fornicate?" I don't know. He says it's something like that. It's first and, the hunt and then whatever love is to this guy. <laughs> and um, so both Bob and Eve are like, "You can't be like he's right. gonna attack you." For sure. Um, now, mind you, there's also the, again, the same motif that's in the knocker is yeah. on a huge tapestry on the that's inside. True. It's not a painting, rather. Yeah. I, I know I mentioned that earlier, but of a satyr carrying off a woman yeah. with arrows very, stuck in its body. Very much like uh, like a King Kong, for instance. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, and I see a theme. She knows that if she, and, and she's seen everything. She's mm-hmm. with Bob. She sees this whole thing. She knows that if she stays, that's the fate. So even though Zaroff is not, is like, no, you stay here. She's like, nah, I'm gonna go with him <laughs> actually. And Bob's like, yeah, she, she can, you can totally come with me because I also know what is going to happen to you if you stay here. And so they go off together into the woods. You remember when what's his face took, grabbed her from King Kong and then mm-hmm. walked across the jungle? That, but like the the other way where they're going. Oh. <laughs> out into the jungle. It's almost as if, well, not almost as if, a lot of the same sights you see in King Kong. I mean... The the fallen log, for instance, um, the the foggy, foggy swamp, Mm -hmm. 
with the clock. It's all in this movie. Yep. They really got the most out of those same locations. Well, they, they were there. Right. They were expensive. So, <laughs> yeah. So, Bob sets up a trap. It's like a vine holding up part of a thing. And then if you do the tripwire, then the whole tree falls on you. Crunch. And I'm looking at it and I'm going, that's not going to work, but okay. <laughs> He's like, I've never... No, I've we never have had to say it not work. I've Eve, never... During this entire film, this is yeah. again Fere, is not the screamy no. sidekick or the no. screamy character that uh, the character uh, that she uh, that Fere plays in King Kong. Right. I was I kept expecting her to like belt one out. No, no she's she's like freaked out. Right. But like an understandable amount, and uh. she she maintains her like. Composure. Well, that's thing. important because they can't go screaming with this guy chasing no, them. They have to be guess very. Because guess what? They'll know where you are. Real killers move in silence. That's right. And uh, so, Bob sets the trap. Zaroff doesn't go into it. He sees the vine. He cuts it. He's like. Uh, you think that you can trick me like you trick a, a mm. lion or whatever? I can't remember exactly what he says. And then. Does he hurt Zaroff? Like Zaroff is partly injured by it, and then he goes each time. Is it that, that I thought it was a different thing he, that he did every time that he hurts he, him? Yeah, he does that. Right, he he does that. He sets up a trap involving uh, making a false bottom. But that's what it was. That's what pissed him off. Right, he um, comes back with re- the the issue is that he comes back with resources every time. Right. So first he's got a gun to start with, and I'm like, well, that's. Well, I thought um, it started with a bow. Oh, that's right. He starts with a bow. That's right. his. That's his. Um, and then he his weapon of choice is the bow, um, which is closer to okay. You gave mm-hmm. him a knife. You get a bow. It's still not great. Long range a, weapon against a short range <laughs> yes, weapon, exactly. but... unless you can throw that thing real good, which I don't think Bob can. Yeah, and then when that first thing falls down, he's like, "If you're gonna be like a cougar, I'm gonna fight you like a cougar, or whatever animal mm-hmm. it is." And he bounces and comes back with a gun, because this dude is. He's Garbage. always playing the odds. He's not. He's not going to make this a fair, fair hunt no. at all. Uh, and then when why he, Bob thinks he's going to get away, and this guy's going to keep his promise, as you mentioned. Yeah, like, no, yeah like, no, he's not. No, the fuck he isn't. Because you've now seen everything. Right. You can't get away. Like, like, because he even makes that comment. You know, I, I'm like, I will think you not to tell the authorities when he comes back, and he's like, I'm not going to make that promise. Yeah, there's no. How yeah, many for, people have you killed? Out all here? of them. How many all ships of have you wrecked them. out so here? So many. Because he does say, yeah, right. I fuck with those he buoys. the harbor lights, they go running aground, yeah. and then he shoots them. Yep. What the hell? Because it makes him feel alive. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, the second thing Bob does is that, yeah, put a, like a, like a leaf mm-hmm. uh, sort of covering over a, a crevasse. And uh, at that point, Zaroff is like, that's it. Gloves off, and he goes and he gets his nine hundred hunting dogs, right. which is what the story is called, right? right. The hunt, the the, do- the hounds of Zaroff is the name of the original story. And then we have to deal with, and it is, it's like thirteen dogs. It's so many, dogs. and they're huge. They're massive. They they're, look like they're people who like hunched over and are running on four legs. That's how big. Yeah, they are. they're not quite as big as a Great Dane, mm-hmm. but they're like close. Yeah, um, hounds can get pretty. Big. Right. I mean, we we knew one. He was very sweet and wouldn't have chased anything, but he was pretty big. Here's the thing, though. Now we've got to watch dogs die <laughs> because yes, if the, your trigger is watching dogs die, then <sighs> and more so than people, then perhaps this is not the film for you. Because we don't actually. Oh yeah, no, we see one death. We see bodies, pieces of bodies. Well, no, but we see the the climax involves no. everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, he get, he takes them all out. Um, so yeah, they're just running around, being chased by this dog, and then they find they previously they'd realized yeah this is so small there's mm-hmm. no way we're gonna hide because it's right. if he's got six hours he'll definitely find us. Um, but they go up to like a waterfall. But then, like, is it behind the waterfall or the top of the waterfall? They, they climb this enormous tree trunk that then takes them above the canopy to this outcropping where there's a waterfall. 
We should mention that at this point, I think it's when Ivan buys it. Mm. And he does this That's right. by making, like, sharpening his stick. And he was actually really clever. And, yeah. uh, and so when the dogs are pulling Ivan along, he runs directly into this very yeah. springy, like, bamboo stick yeah. and put it into the ground. Yeah. And that like was... they did with, like, the Roman soldiers. Right. Hold the spike and let's horses, in that case, you know, fall on so them. So we were spared seeing a dog that time. But, yeah, they do wind up running into the swamp. That's right. Which could have a brontosaurus, who knows? Who, yeah, who could say? And um, because they, he, he didn't want to go into the swamp because that dude knows the swamp and they don't. Mm-hmm. And, and they don't know where the, the you know, the R-O-U-S is and the... <laughs> well, the quicksand, yes. Quicksand. Back when quicksand was, when was a going something concern. Something to worry about. Man, when I was a kid, that was the that was what was going to oh, take you out. Quicksand was in every TV show, every jungle film. It's like, oh, here's the quicksand scene. Yeah, what I found out today. Right. Lava, you can't. You nothing will sink into lava. I mean, it'll burn and become right. ash on top, but it won't sink in because lava's too dense. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> Things were always sinking into lava when I was a kid. I know. That's why I'm like, oh, and I I heard it in a sci-fi book, and then I looked it up because. The fi in the sci-fi right, yeah. means I don't know what's true and what is it. Um, so they they are struggling. They are up top. Zarov, uh, six, is it one or two dogs on Bob? He sends one first that then gets stabbed by Bob. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and then the second one gets locked. And it is a big dog. Joel yeah. McRae is a tall guy, and yeah. this dog is standing up looking him in the eye mm-hmm. more or less. And takes them down. They go right. tumbling They're off. Tumbling of off the waterfall. The waterfall. And Faye is fine. I mean, she's scared and is going to get sexually assaulted, probably. Uh, but they go back to the house. Mm-hmm. She is struggled, struggling, but she goes back to the There's house with him. There's a really weird close-up of like her face horrified and his face leering. Yeah, well, it was like <laughs> that, that was the height of cinematic, you know, tension. Look at this face. Look at this face. Yeah, but they really <laughs> zoom into his, and he's doing this such a weird kind of like one eyebrow lifted expression. And I, I kept thinking that I should ask what he uh, if I can smell what he has cooking. Um, but but yeah, it, it's like yeah, I guess we know what's going to happen next. Yes, let's, let's not let's not put yes. our finger on it. He's yeah. going to enjoy his prize. Oh no. And then, but oh no, when they get back to the house, who is there? It is Bob. Right. Bob said, you didn't shoot me, you shot your own dog. Monster. <laughs> and uh, We should mention that Bob does have a change of heart about hunting animals. He does. Well, he's being just like, well, this is what it feels he's like. like. this sucks. <laughs> I won't be doing this anymore. Right. Uh, and then Zaroff is like, I... Surrender. You have bested me. And he gives Bob the key to the boathouse. Uh-huh. Here you go. But of course, uh, he's holding a gun behind his back like a big jerk who is afraid and not fair ever. He's I like Bob's notice. It's not done. This is not done. Yeah. And so Bob and Zara fight, 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 uh-huh. fight. And then he fights the henchmen come in, uh-huh. all of the henchmen, he, well, the which henchmen are truly what they are, henchmen. Right. Um, and he breaks the guy's back. Yeah. Oh, it's rough. There's yeah. a sound. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I'm looking at it going, oh, that's an interesting move. Oh, that's an interesting... Oh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> that's yeah. the... He's done that. <laughs> right. Uh, and then he does mortally wound Count Zaroff. With one of the arrows from his own Cossack Warbow. Stabs him with an arrow, mm-hmm. which is I feel like that would be hard to do. Like, like it needs that speed. Like I feel like it would break if you try to like mm-hmm. manually stab somebody for with no like um, momentum behind it. But maybe I'm I'm probably I'm trying to remember back. I think Legolas did it. You would stab people in the eye. Right, that's also a movie. I'm saying. This is a a more realistic movie. I don't mean the eye. Uh Like, the eye you could totally do, but I feel like the chest is going to be a problem. Like, side on the side, that's right. Underneath the ribs, so it's like, poke, poke, poke. Lungs. (laughs) Fill up with blood. Uh, And they 
Bob and Eve run away to the motorboat, and Zarov drags himself to the window and starts firing uh, with his bow. Mm-hmm. Was, did he shoot him? Was he, did he pull out the arrow and shoot him with the arrow he just got stabbed with? Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, because that would be rad. Uh, but he fails, and then he tumbles out of the window because he can't just fall to his death of no. six inches onto the floor. <laughs> he's going to, like... He's gonna grab his his body and twist and then throw himself out of the and, window. And into the pen of hounds that he has yep. that devour him alive. Probably. And then he is now the prey. <gasps> <laughs> and that's the end of the movie. Well, end of well, the, well the speedboat rushes, rushes off. away. There is a moment too where Eve is being held by another henchman and there is uh he does throw a knife at the guy, I think. Yeah. I because the guy so. throws a knife at him and then he picks up Throws it back. He's like, great, thanks. <laughs> or he shoots him. Like, it goes by at such a... once. It's like there's a a wind-up to the film. Yeah. Well, and, and like, yeah, that first act is mm-hmm. up to shipwreck, right? Right. And so that's like 10 minutes, maybe. And then the second act is weird in the house. And uh-huh. that's like 20 minutes. And then third act is hunt <laughs> and that's about the last right, the, the dracula act is where and you get the, all the exposition and drama and, and then, then the denouement is you know zara falling out of a window yes <laughs> just very theatrically and it, it, could it be, is a lot it, it could is even be like the end of a universal horror film where you know where yeah but like, goes see clutches the, his chest the sun has come up and <laughs> exactly i'm that's melting what I'm, I'm melting or whatever yeah it's 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 a lot but so, uh, yeah. what did you think? Was it thrilling? It was. It was. It was fun. It was, and I think we're gonna see some longer movies. But, uh-huh. I, but for the first like nine movies, mm-hmm. almost all of them are like less than ninety minutes. Right. Uh, the next one we're gonna watch is an hour and thirteen minutes. Like they are short. Mm-hmm. And that's the one like after that in real time. Oh, is it the setup? Yeah. Is in real time. Yeah. Wow. It's a 73-minute period. <laughs> oh, Al Pacino wishes he could do it in 80 minutes, but no. 88. Real time is an interesting, it's an interesting concept. Thinking back on how, like, High Noon did it, the constant, it cuts back to the clock yeah. and, and the, the, the music in the background that's running, and it, it really works really well when it can be done well, but so few people try. <laughs> The next movie after that is two hours and eleven minutes, so mm-hmm. it's not all short, but mm-hmm. but most of the first ten. But still, are quite two hours and eleven minutes is short by modern like uh, modern standards. Watching it like a uh, a Marvel film can go well, on for yes, three hours but I now. think like runtime of something that isn't mm-hmm. like a blockbuster right. style film, or you know Oppenheimer uh, or Killers of the Flower Moon, which neither of which are you know blockbuster type mm-hmm. films uh, I think I want to say the average it feels like about 150 which yeah. is pretty long I feel like thriller or action films nowadays seem to have an extra act for no particular reason other than to stretch things out yeah well I think maybe part of it is if we're going to charge you $22 to see this movie I don't want to get up before at least an hour and a half has gone by but more it's almost like a yeah this mm-hmm. is how you get what you pay for which is ridiculous. Right. Like, give me something good over something long anytime. Right. I don't understand. But I think that might be part of the sort of mentality of like, you want to see it in the theater because it is this expansive, epic thing. Don't wait until it's free in your living room because yes. we definitely won't make the money that we want to make that way. So. Yeah. So, yeah, and you, this was a this was your choice because I've never yeah. seen it before. I I really I'd heard about it for a number of years, and then I decided to watch it. This is decades ago, and I was amazed by just how well paced it was. Yeah, it just keeps rolling. Even the exposition scenes, it's enough to keep you interested, and you get to know everything you need to know about the character. Yeah. Before it moves on, yeah. and then it just keeps going and going and going and going. And it does it without just being like. Mm-hmm. Hi, I'm Captain Exposition, and let me just tell right. you about this thing that's about to happen, which is not an uncommon thing, especially no. in something short. Often but, it just comes to a dead stop, and you're you're there listening to people talk to each other. But here it's done in such a way that the character, because I remember um, Christopher Lee was talking about talking to his cousin, right, Ian Fleming, and 
Ian Fleming told him you should really, if you know, because they wanted to cast him first as Doctor No in the very first Bond film. And uh, when he didn't get that part, his cousin Fleming told him just wait till till later. He'll get the part which he did eventually did mm-hmm. with Scaramanga. But he says the villain is really what I write the books about. Right. Bond kind of stays the same. Right. Although he has and you know, he's later very much like development as a character and all, but the villain is really the reason why you read the book. Yeah, like. James Bond is basically a cardboard cutout. Like, mm-hmm. he's not yeah, it wasn't particularly until... interesting or... Like, he's got little quirks and whatever, mm-hmm. but he is just... In the books, he doesn't become interested in, interesting until he gets married, which is later on. Ooh. And then he winds up developing a different character when his wife is killed, and then he's just... Hey, I saw that movie. Bond off, <laughs> you know, off, out to kill. The thing is, he said, the, the story is built around the villain, so here they took that to heart, that kind of thinking, which is... Um, Kazarov is really the most interesting character here. Yeah. And so he gets most of the exposition, and everyone's working around him to find out. Feyre is going, well, what's, he's up to something. I don't know what he's up to. Right. And, and, uh, Joel Mc, uh, McRae's character is, uh, well, how dare you say that? Wait, no, that's what he's up. And then they're trying to figure his out, mystery out. And then when they do, it just becomes run for your life. This yeah. guy's after us. Yeah. And the, the tough thing as they're out running for their lives mm-hmm. is, the only way we get out of this is that dude has to die. Right. Like, he's definitely not letting us go. No. You know, come because morning. As he, as Rainford has said, I'm, I'm not going to promise not to tell people what yeah. you're doing. And also, you're clearly bonkers. There's right. no way that you're going to let me go. Like yeah, that, he's got me on crazy. He's mad. He's mad. mad. He's mad. Mad, I tell you. <laughs> um, what I will say was tough, and this is just uh-huh. filmmaking of the time, um, is it's nighttime and we're doing day for night. It right. is light out. There is no well, darkness. I think... <laughs> I think the darkest scene we see is when they're in the trophy room, right? And which is down, you know, in the underground. I'm not sure exactly how it's supposed to work because everything is really bright, not brightly lit. Um, it's pretty brightly lit. <laughs> it's diffused by fog and other things sure. like that. But you know what that fog is? Right. Well lit. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you can see it. <laughs> so that's something that'll be possibly a problem that you will have going forward. Yeah, no, and I know, I understand yeah. that. But like, that was the thing where I was like, "Is it still nighttime?" Yes, I don't it was know. Very hard to get a sun a, could a, totally be up by now to, to get um, a handle on. Yeah, so that was the only thing mm-hmm. where. But that, like I said, that that's nobody's fault. That's right. just what filming. That's what was. technology was at the time. Yeah. So I'm surprised. This does seem like a thing that AFI would have put on their list. Yeah, and I'm really surprised it wouldn't because it really does, at, especially given when it was made, it sets up the pattern for so many other yeah. movies. Now, there's been, what, a dozen, two dozen remakes of this film? Yeah. Every, starring everyone. There was from, one as recently as 2022. 20, yeah. yeah. There's uh, uh, the one I remember that I liked as a kid was uh, Hard Target with Jean-Claude Van Damme. That's right, yes. And and Lance Henriksen was playing the Zaroff character, and then there was one with Rutger Howard playing the Zaroff character, and Ice-T I mean, was... this is very... I mean, this is uh, where their Hunger Games comes from. Yeah. It's the same kind of thing. Uh, the Stephen King... Mm-hmm. What is it? The one with the with the Arnold Schwarzenegger in it. Oh, The Running Man. Running Man. Same yeah. vibe, right? Apparently there was a TV show with Christoph Waltz, which I'm like, well, that's definitely Zaroff, right? I can, yes, I, <laughs> I can really see him... Yeah. You know, Having up that part, and and that that is a a, a situation where to make money, mm-hmm. he, the, the character submits himself to this right. game show or this hunt or Whereas whatever. In this it is. one, it's a little more desperate because he's not volunteering for this. He's he's up against it. This and Squid Game is sort of a, right. a a similar situation where they don't know what they're getting into. Yeah, and then <laughs> this is basically. I mean, it's a. It's a totally different setup, but right. it's the same. But this core. film has a very long shadow. Is this one really of the seven stories that, <laughs> that are told? People human on human violence. <laughs> but yeah, I, it is. It's really had legs. It's remade every few years, and um, with just varying results, I suppose. Yeah. Well, of course. But uh, I really thought that this one, because of its brevity and yeah. but also the like sort of speed that it moves at, we're sort of trying to also do the thing that made the like we're not trying to do derivatives. Like mm-hmm. when we build our list, we kind of want to be like, right, this movie sort of started this 
like genre or mm-hmm. this sort of trope situation or this trend in films right so that, that's uh, what sort of we're looking at as one of our looking at criteria. Still to this day yeah i can see this film's fingerprints on a dozen of the movies that we watched on the list which is crazy that this one but was this not wasn't it. on there yeah like i don't know if they just decided to look at a bunch of films that had similar themes or similar, mm-hmm. you know, formats, right. and then just pick one instead of picking the exemplar. Like, I right. feel like, and maybe they don't think it's a good movie. Maybe the fact that it's 63 minutes was like, it's not even a movie. It's a short. I don't know. Right. I mean, it's listed in IMDb as movie, pre-code, and then in the the top thing, it says approved, which has something to do with code. Like, I found out what it meant, but now I can't remember. I'll look it up and talk about it later. But, um, yeah, so we're one movie into our list. One movie, one movie and it was... already done better than AFI. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so I'm they... serious. Why wasn't this movie on their list? We, we got Rebecca, and yeah. we said we yeah. have... The Portrait of Dorian Right, Gray. and it's like, and this film wasn't on there, this movie. Yeah, it's very weird. There are a few on here that are like, wait, that wasn't on the list? Right. Yeah, so. No, it's a thrill-a-minute kind of film, and, and it, like I said, even the winding up is intriguing enough yeah. to when it starts unwinding, that's it. You're just, you're, you're, you're carrying along yeah. by this, this momentum. And of, of course, it doesn't. Right. We're out of welcome. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it, gets, it gets in, it gets out, it gets on with it. And things. I really like the fact that Rainford at the very end does become the animal. It's like, no, I'm not going to let you go. I'm going to kill you now. Which, I mean, we like, this is. There are certain thi- things, there are certain things in film where I'm like, oh, well, the only good outcome here is a quick and painless <laughs> death, right? So this isn't that, but it felt a little like that. Like, as soon as they were let out, like, mm-hmm. as soon as they walk out of that room and start their, you know, pre-game show, I was like, well, you have to kill him. Like, mm-hmm. there's no getting off this island without killing him, and probably and everybody works for him. And made ten years later, right? I'm sure there would have been some, they would have left him alive, they would have left him wounded. No, in this film, no. he's stabbed and he's eaten him. by dogs. That's that's what people got His in the prequel days. Very Old Testament kind of. His Old Testament teeth, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, yes, so. Behave or be damned. That's the message of this film. That's the message of a lot of films. So, that's. Film number one, mm-hmm. in no particular order, well, <laughs> chronological. Yeah. Uh, and film number two, which we are going to watch next week, is called The Setup. Mm-hmm. It's from 1949, so we're skipping very far ahead, about mm-hmm. 17 years. Here's what I can tell you about it. Boxing, black and white, also short. It's 73 minutes long. Mm-hmm. So you said it's in real time. Right. Uh, unfortunately, this appears to only be uh, rentable right now. It is rentable on Amazon. That is probably going to be what we do. I couldn't. We're going to check YouTube just in case. But I think it might be a, a paid situation. So we're sorry about that. So if and, you want to watch yeah. along with us, though, apparently it's thrilling. It's thrilling. And it's also, remember, a Robert Wise movie. That's right. One of the most underrated directors in the history of many- directing. Is Robert Wise your Alfred Hitchcock on this list, or is there just two? Uh, there's just two. There was one on the last one. He did The Day the Earth Stood Still. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I really respect him as a director. He does film noir. Yeah. He does horror. He does science fiction. Right. He does musicals. Right? Yeah. So he can do anything, and it's just irritating to me how people don't recognize this guy for being as talented as he is. Yeah. It feels to me like a Billy Wilder mm-hmm. type thing. Because Billy Wilder made all kinds right. of films, too. Like, people think of him for a certain type they of think film. think of his comedy dramas. look and, at his whole yeah. oof, he, it's like all over the place. Yeah, and there's some people who can do that. And he really did bring, he, he worked, his first job was working under Jacques, excuse me, under Val Luton. Right, that's right. So... He, he does real good with black and white and, and uh, shadows and stress and things like that. He's really good with that. So, all I, right. I hope you like it. I think you will. Okay. Well, we'll find out in a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, in-
in the meantime, do you have anything you want to recommend? We um, haven't done recommendations in a while. Haven't, I haven't seen anything lately. You've seen all the things. I've seen things that mostly that I've seen before. Oh, uh, fair enough. So I haven't really... We haven't, anything in theaters that is still in theaters? Um, no. I think the last thing we saw was Book of Clarence, which we recommended. Well, that's true. Well, we, re- we didn't, not on this, oh, we yeah. didn't do recommendations. Which was an interesting movie. Um, and you really should listen to our other podcast our opinions of the Book of Clarence. I will link it in our yeah. show notes in um, case you don't know what that podcast is. It's called Without Work. Yeah, I feel like I'm trying to do... I've, I've stalled, and I uh, want to catch up a little this weekend. I'm trying to watch all of the awards movies, mm-hmm. and we've recently watched The Holdovers. Which is really good. And what was the other one? American Fiction. Yes. Both movies, I think, are very good. And I think they're staying in theaters a little bit longer. Uh Holdovers may be totally out of theaters, but it may come back. I think it'll be... I hope so, because... Streaming fairly soon. I really like that. That was a really interesting, compelling movie. Yeah. But if you've seen, you know, the Biggies, the Barbies, and Mm -hmm. the Oppenheimers, but not the smaller films... I still haven't seen Barbie. We had to watch it with the sign language. I haven't seen Oppenheimer. Either. Oppenheimer's very long. It's, it's good. I like it. I've seen Gojira minus one. So well, that's... yeah. That's what he recommends all day, right. every day for the rest but of the life. I, mean, I just sort of like the the balance between that and Oppenheimer. Should do them back to back. You should make a cause Oppenheimer cause and effect. Yes, exactly. Set aside a whole last day for it, though. Right. Oppenheimer is not a short movie. So, yeah, but if you haven't seen uh, The Holdovers in American Fiction are two really good movies. They're very good, and they're sort of tonally uh-huh. similar, I feel like. They're not alike, but they're kind of alike. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. They're not alike, but they have the same emphasis on audience participation in a way. It's, both films depend on you knowing what, what the subtext is of the story. Yeah, but also they are both what I would call comedy dramas. Like mm-hmm. you said, Billy right. Wilder, that same... They're serious subjects, yeah, but funny, oh, like yeah. a funny presentation. American fiction has some hilarious moments in it. I'd say the same thing about The Holdovers. And The Holdovers <laughs> has some, and you expect that from Alexander Payne. Yeah. But it also has some really serious kind of like dramatic moments. And people do things in The Holdovers that make you respect them. Like people who you didn't think would stand up stood up for themselves. I don't want to ruin it. Because uh, there's a lot of that kind of change that goes on with these people. But they develop in all sorts of unexpected ways. Why did I think the holdovers was Noah Baumbach? It is Alexander Payne. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Um, yeah, I don't know what I, why I thought. But I was wrong. So those are my recommendations. Are you just going to copy mine? Yes, I'm going to copy awesome. yours. Awesome. So that's it. Next week, the setup. Something about boxing and being set up. So check it out with me. I literally don't know anything else. So we're going to talk to you next week. Uh, Until then, I want to remind you to please, please take all of your medicines. And we'd like to remind you, better late than never. never.